Chapter Nine of the Scalp Hunters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Scalp Hunters by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Nine. Left Behind. On the third day after the Fandango, it was announced that the caravan will move onward to Chihuahua. The day arrives, and I am unable to travel with it my surgeon a wretched leech of a mexican assures me that it will be certain death to attempt the journey for want of any opposing evidence i am constrained to believe him i have no alternative but to adopt the joyless resolve to remain in santa fe until the return of the traders chafing on a feverish bed i take leave of my late companions we part with many regrets but above all i am pained at bidding adieu to st vrain whose light-hearted companionship has been my solace through three days of suffering he has proved my friend and has undertaken to take charge of my wagons and dispose of my goods in the market of chihuahua do not fret man says he taking leave kill time with the champagne of el paso we will be back in a squirrel's jump and trust me i will bring you a mule load of mexican shiners god bless you good-bye i can sit up in my bed and from the open window see the white tilts of the wagons as the train rolls over a neighboring hill i hear the cracking whips and the deep-toned woha of the teamsters i see the traders mount and gallop after and i turn upon my couch with a feeling of loneliness and desertion for days i lay tossing and fretting despite the consolatory influence of the champagne and the rude but kindly attentions of my voyageur valet i rise at length dress myself and sit in my ventana i have a good view of the plaza and the adjacent streets with their rows of brown adobe houses and dusty ways between i gaze hour after hour on what is passing without the scene is not without novelty as well as variety swarthy ill-favored faces appear behind the folds of dingy rebozos fierce glances lower under the slouch of broad sombreros poplanas with short skirts and slippered feet pass my window and groups of tame indians pueblos crowd in from the neighboring rancheras belaboring their donkeys as they go these bring baskets of fruits and vegetables they squat down upon the dusty plaza behind piles of prickly pears or pyramids of tomatoes and chili the women light-hearted hucksters laugh and sing and chatter continuously the tortillera kneeling by her matate bruises the boiled maize claps it into thin flakes flings it on the heated stone and then cries tortillas tortillas calientes the cocinera stirs the peppery stew of chili colorado lifts the red liquid in her wooden ladle and invites her customers by the expressions chili bueno excelente carbon carbon cries the charcoal burner agua agua limpia shouts the aquador pan fino pan bianco screams the baker and other cries from the vendors of atole huevos and leche are uttered in shrill discordant voices such are the voices of a mexican plaza they are at first interesting they become monotonous then disagreeable until at length i am tortured and listen to them with a feverish excitement after a few days i am able to walk and go out with my faithful goad 
we stroll through the town it reminds me of an extensive brickfield before the kilns have been set on fire we encounter the same brown adobes everywhere the same villainous-looking leperos lounging at the corners the same bare-legged slippered wenches the same strings of belaboured donkeys the same shrill and detestable cries we pass by a ruinous-looking house in a remote quarter our ears are saluted by voices from within we hear shouts of mueran los yankees abajo los americanos no doubt the pelado to whom i was indebted for my wound is among the ruffians who crowd into the windows but i know the lawlessness of the place too well to apply for justice we hear the same shouts in another street again in the plaza and goad and i re-enter the fonda with a conviction that our appearance in public might be attended with danger we resolve therefore to keep within doors in all my life i never suffered ennui as when cooped up in this semi-barbarous town and almost confined within the walls of its filthy fonda i felt it the more that i had so lately enjoyed the company of such free jovial spirits and i could fancy them in their bivouacs on the banks of the del norte carousing laughing or listening to some wild mountain story goad shared my feelings and became as desponding as myself the light humour of the voyageur disappeared the song of the canadian boatman was heard no longer but in its place the sacre and english exclamations were spluttered plentifully and hurled at everything mexican i resolved at length to put an end to our sufferings this life will never do goad said i addressing my companion ah monsieur navarre navarre it will do ah verdol it is like von assemblee of les quakers i am determined to endure it no longer but what can monsieur do how capitan by leaving this accursed place and that to-morrow but is monsieur forth strong's boucault strong's to ride i will risk it goad if i break down there are other towns on the river where we can halt anywhere better than here c'est vrai capitan beautiful village down the river albuquerque tome vermeni village mandu all better santa fe is one camp of teeth ver good for us go monsieur ver good good or not goad i am going so make your preparations to-night for i will leave in the morning before sunrise it will be von grand plaisir to makes ready and the canadian ran from the room snapping his fingers with delight i had made up my mind to leave santa fe at any rate should my strength yet but half restored hold out i would follow and if possible overtake the caravan i knew it would make but short journeys over the deep sand roads of the del norte should i not succeed in coming up with it i would halt in albuquerque or el paso either of which would offer me a residence at least as agreeable as the one i was leaving my surgeon endeavoured to dissuade me from setting out he represented that i was in a most critical condition my wound being far from cicrocized he set forth in most eloquent terms the dangers of fever of gangrene of hemorrhage he saw i was obstinate and concluded his monitions by presenting his bill it amounted to the modest sum of one hundred dollars it was an extortion what could i do i stormed and protested 
the mexican threatened me with governor's justice goad swore in french spanish english and indian it was all to no purpose i saw that the bill would have to be paid and i paid it though with indifferent grace the leech disappeared and the landlord came next he like the former made earnest entreaty to prevent me from setting forth he offered a variety of reasons to detain me do not go for your life senor do not and why good jose i inquired oh senor los indios bravos los navajos carumbo but i am not going into the indian country i travel down the river through the towns of new mexico ah senor the towns no hay seguridad no no there is safety nowhere from the navajo hay novedades news this very day polvidera pobre polvidera it was attacked on sunday last on sunday senor when they were all in la misa pues senor the robbers surrounded the church and oh carambo they dragged out the poor people men women and children pues senor they kill the men and the women dios de mi alma well and the women oh senor they are all gone they were carried to the mountains by the savages pobres mugeres it is a sad story truly but the indians i understand only make these forays at long intervals i am not likely to meet with them now at all events jose i have made up my mind to run the risk but senor continued jose lowering his voice to a confidential tone there are other ladrones besides the indians white ones muchos muchisimos ay indeed mi amo white robbers blancos blancos y muy feos caray and jose closed his fingers as if clutching some imaginary object this appeal to my fears was in vain i answered it by pointing to my revolvers and rifle and to the well-filled belt of my henchman goad when the mexican boniface saw that i was determined to rob him of all the guests he had in his house he retired sullenly and shortly after returned with his bill like that of the medico it was out of all proportion but i could not help myself and paid it by gray dawn i was in my saddle and followed by goad and a couple of heavily packed mules i rode out of the ill-favored town and took the road for the rio abajo End of chapter nine